0: Thanks for the opportunity to come up here, and I thank Pastor John for the opportunity to take his pulpit, and uh, I may give it back, or I might not. It takes a lot of courage to give a Baptist preacher your pulpit. All right, I want to talk to you. I stand before you this morning, a convicted man. I've been praying fervently all week about this about this sermon that I'm going to preach to you this morning, and I had a story that I was going to tell you. You know, I was asking, I was asking. God and the Holy Spirit to to work through me and to convince me that what I'm going to say today is his words, his words, not mine, that I'm just a mouthpiece, passing this on through to you. And I, I ask him to give me that conviction and I ask him to give me a, you know, give me a sign. Let me know, you know, I'm not doing this right. Well, guess what? God doesn't owe me a sign. He doesn't owe me anything. He promised he was going to be with me. He promised he was going to be with me forever. I don't need a sign to know that God is here, but he gave me one anyway, and I'm going to tell you the story. I was going to tell a story about Mary, and it was going to be embarrassing, and she was going to hit me. Uh, God convicted me that that probably wasn't the wisest path, but he gave me a new story this morning, today. Well, I'm asking God. I'm talking. I'm praying. I said, God, reveal to me, am I on the right track? Is this what I need to preach to your people today? Give me some, let me know, convict me in my heart that this is the right thing to say. Well, some of you know I'm going to St. Louis Christian College. I'm in the adults in ministry program, St. Louis Christian College. One of the instructors there is named Joe Lieway, and he wrote this book. Now, in blatant sucking up to the professor, I bought his book, okay? Extra points, right? I've never read this book before. I don't know what's in here. The title of it is... The Name is the Story, Understanding Jesus Through His Names and Titles, okay? I had never read this book before, and I I picked this up this morning while I'm, you know, getting ready, eating breakfast, and I'm just going to peruse a few pages on my way here this morning. What I'm going to preach on this week is the Day of the Lord. And what the day of the Lord means and what we should do and how we should prepare and where we should be when the day of the Lord comes. That's what I am going to preach on. That's what my notes are about. That's what I've been working on all week. This is what I read this morning. As God declared to Isaiah 43 two through 3a, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord, your God, your Savior. But not only did God continue to to be present with his people in their times of trial, but God also promised a day of deliverance for his people, known as the day of the Lord. I think that was a sign from God. I think I'm convicted that what I'm going to tell you today has his blessing. I hope you agree, and I hope you listen. We're going to talk about the day of the Lord. This isn't an easy sermon to give. This is not something that's preached about very often these days, I'm afraid. We want to know about a loving God. We want to know about a God that that will pick up the pieces when our lives are shattered. We want to know about a God that will be there for us when we need him and all the good things that God has to offer. We want to hear about that. We want to preach about that. We want to preach about health, wealth, and prosperity. We want to feel good. Right? How many churches today, how many pastors are standing in in pulpits this morning preaching feel-good theology? I'm not going to do that today. This is not feel-good theology today. I'm going to tell you the truth of God, and for some of you, it's going to hurt. Some of you are going to have to take a real hard look at your lives and examine yourself based on the scripture that I'm going to unpack for you this morning. Some of you are going to be convicted, I pray, by the Holy Spirit. Based on what we talk about this morning, this isn't an easy sermon to get. So let's go. Here we go. As my mom used to say, lock up the children. It's fixing to get ugly. Here we go. The day of the Lord is coming. God promised us that he would be with us always to the end of the age. He promised us that, that he would be there with us. He would walk us through the, the fire. Those that know him, he promised those little things, but he also promised us there'd be a day of judgment. And God has never, never forgotten his promises. So when he promised there's going to be a day of judgment, you can bank there's going to be a day of judgment. And the day of judgment is coming for each and every one of us. You realize that every one of us, every human being from Adam till now, is going to be judged. The day of the judge is coming. And when that day comes, the earth as we know it will be destroyed. The scripture tells us that it will be destroyed by fire. And the elements themselves will be burnt up until there's nothing left that's unholy and unrighteous. Is that love? Is that compassion? Is that the loving, caring God that we... Yes, it's the same God, but he's also a just God. And his justice demands retribution for sin. And he will, on that day judge sinners. There's one way out of that, and we'll talk about that. So now that we've got a little bit of an understanding of what the day of the Lord is, and what the day of judgment is, I'm going to talk to you, the congregation, you, the the, the sons and daughters of, of Christ. I've got three messages to preach this morning, and I'll hurry so we can meet the, the Methodists to the salad bar. But I've got three messages I'm going to preach this morning to three individual groups of people. So I want you to listen to me. Forget about what you're planning for lunch. Forget about what's happening at work next week. Forget about your kids and their problems. Forget about your physical infirmities. Listen to me. Open your heart, open your ears to what I'm going to say. And I want you to place yourself in one of the three categories that I outlined this morning. Because I'm going to speak to every heart here in one way or another. You need to be honest with you and your God which one of these three categories you're in and what you're going to do about it. First, I'm going to talk to the committed Christians. I'm going to talk about those of you and me who have committed our lives to Christ. We know about our salvation. We are assured of our salvation. We know that if that day comes today where we stand with God... Everybody in this room that has a a clear conviction of their salvation, they are sure of their salvation. They know that when the day of reckoning comes, they're going to be right with God. Everybody in this room that that has that assurance, say amen. Amen. Say it again, amen. Amen. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. All right. We should be looking forward to that day with anticipation. The scripture says... And, and uh, if you would, I'm sorry, I should have brought this up earlier. Please turn with me to Second Peter chapter three. Verse fourteen says, "Therefore, dear friends, while you wait for these things, make every effort to be found in peace, without spot or before Him. Also, regard the patience of the Lord as an opportunity for salvation." we as Christians, those who are dedicated our lives to him and those who know in our hearts, in our our inner hearts, that we're sons and daughters of of God through Jesus Christ, not from what we've done, but from what he did, we know that on that day, we're going to be found right with God. Spotless and cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. We know that we should be aching for that day. We We should be longing for that day as a mother longs to hold their children that's the way that we should feel about the day of the lord we shouldn't fear it we shouldn't postpone it we need to do everything we can to be prepared for that day with longing and anticipation because when that day comes this world is gone all of our trials all of our troubles all of our infirmities all of our sickness all of that is gone the judgment that is coming on the world does not include us, brothers and sisters. We're already exempt from that because of what Christ did for us by paying the sin debt that we accumulated for us on the cross. The blood he shed covers us. We're exempt from that. We should be longing for this day because we'll be with Christ forever. And we'll be worshiping God at the seat of the, of the, at the, seat of the throne forever. We should be excited about that. Are you excited about it? Are you anxious for that day to come? There's another side to that, though. Or probably, I I am, I'm going to feel a little bit of grief and remorse on that day. Scripture says in in verse 8 of 2 Peter 3, it says, Dear friends, don't let this one thing escape you, that the Lord is, but with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. The Lord does not delay his promise, as some understand delay." But is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. We we're talking about this in Sunday school this morning. Think about Noah. Now there, you know, there's been judgment before, right? We all know the story about Noah and the ark and the animals and the flood. Okay, there's been judgment before. How must Noah have felt when God shut that door and the rains came and his family? And his friends and his co-workers and people in his center of influence were on the outside of that door begging to be let in. And that they, they could not get, they died. They faced judgment. Noah preached for 120 years about the coming flood and the, and the judgment that was coming. He made no converts. He watched his entire generation die. So how does that make you feel, Christians? What was the last thing that Christ said to his disciples before he left? Anybody know? We call it the Great Commission, right? I'm going to read it because I don't have it memorized in Holman. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says, Then Jesus came near them and said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. You want to know why the the day of the Lord has not yet come? It's not because God forgot. It's not because he didn't tell Mrs. God to put it on the calendar. Right? The day of the Lord has not come out of compassion for us. The Lord doesn't want anyone to perish. He has given us this time between the first coming of Jesus Christ and the second coming of Jesus Christ to put as many people in the kingdom as we possibly can through the, through the conviction of the Holy Spirit. We're to evangelize. We're to be out there planting the seed that God can grow. So when this day comes, are you going to be Ready? Have you done everything you could to fill up the Lamb's Book of Life with names? It's not up to you to save people. That's not our job. It's not even up to us to convict people, but it is up to us to tell them about it. And Pastor has said this before. Evangelism is, evangelism is only one beggar telling another beggar where to find food. That's what we should be doing now, Christians. We should be, we should be bringing people to Christ. And giving them the opportunity to to know the joy and the peace you know. And to know that that they are exempt from this this judgment just as you are. That's what we should be. And that's why the delay has not yet come. That's why the second coming has not yet come. That delay is to give us time. But guess what? It's not finite. Or it's, it's not infinite. Someday, God will call his judgment down on the world. And when that day comes... Grace will be withdrawn, and there will be no more second chances. So how should we live now, Christians? Verse 11 says, Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, it is clear what sort of people we should be in holy conduct and godliness. As you wait for and earnestly desire the coming of the day of God, because because of which the heavens will be on fire and be dissolved, and the elements will melt with heat, but based on his promise, we wait for a new heavens and a new earth where righteousness will dwell. It says in verse 17, Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard, so that you are not led away by the error of the immoral and fall from your own stability, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and the day of eternity. Amen. Say amen. 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 Time is short. Time is short. Today is the day to do that. Today is the day to to evangelize your neighbors. Today. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. Time is short. All right. The next group I want to talk to are the fence sitters. Fence sitters. Think about this. There are people in this congregation that come to church every Sunday, and they say the right things, and they sing the right songs. But they're on the fence. They've got a foot in both worlds. They they want the good things that God has to offer—the peace and the security and the, and the love—and they want that. They want God to open up heaven and pour down blessings on them. They pray for that. They pray for blessings on themselves. They pray for breath, blessings on their family. But they're not willing to look. They they want to keep the other foot in the secular world. They want all the blessings from God, but they say, "God bless me, bless me, God." But stay out of my living room, don't tell me what I can watch on TV. Bless me God, but stay out of my bedroom. And especially stay out of my wallet. You need to examine yourself if you fall into that category. Ask yourself how sure you are about your salvation. Are you growing in Christ? Are you are you are you still a babe on oh, no. milk? Are you learning? Are you growing? Do you come to church when, when it's you come to church to be fed by the word unless the football game's on, unless the fish are biting, unless they're having a sale of coals. Fence sitters. This scripture tells us, and Peter tells us in this scripture that on the last day there will be scoffers. There will be people that are scoffing, that are making fun of you, that are belittling you, that are, are saying that the day of the Lord is never coming because it has not yet come, therefore the inference is it can never come. Scoffers. You fence sitters, are you scoffers? No. You're worse than scoffers. Scoffers at least stand for something. Scoffers have, know what they, what they believe. And they're willing to live by it. They're willing to stand up to, to Christ and spit in his face. They, they at least are sincere. I want to tell you what, Christ, what Jesus said about fence-sitters. In Revelation 3, verses 14 through 17, he, he wrote through, through John, To the angel of the church of Laodicea write, The amen, the faithful and true witness, the originator of God's creation says, I know your works, that you are neither hot, either cold nor hot. I wish you were cold or hot, so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I am going to vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, I have have become wealthy. I need nothing, and I don't know, and don't know... I need nothing, and you don't know that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Being hot nor cold, being lukewarm, makes Jesus sick. Get off the fence. Make up your mind. Are you going to live in the secular world? Or are you going to live in God's world? Are you going to be one of these committed Christians I was talking to who knows where they're going to be with God when this day comes? Because this day is coming. Time is short. So this is what I'm telling you. Listen to me. This is what I'm telling you today. If you don't know where you stand with God, if the day of the Lord was coming tomorrow, you weren't going to be ready to meet him. If you don't know that today is the day that you need to get yourself right with God. Today is the day that you need to do business with God and get yourself in the position where you do know where you're going to be. You can't put this off any longer. Today is the day to do it. So ask yourself that question. If, if the end of time, if the, end, if the day of the Lord was coming tomorrow, where would I be? And if you're not convinced that you're going to be worshiping at the, at the throne forever, you need to get it straight and you need to do it today because we're not guaranteed tomorrow because time is short. Lastly, I want to talk to the unsaved. Are there are any in here that have no convictions about Christ at all if there are any in here that, that have never taken the things of Jesus seriously have never never gotten into the word, have never heard the gospel message or if they have heard it, don't heed it or if you're one of the scoffers I was talking about, I'm going to talk to you because I'm going to tell you something on that day there will be no scoffers. On that day, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, but guess what? It's too late. The free gift of salvation, the free gift of grace has been withdrawn, and it's forever too late to change your mind at that point. Now, you may be saying to yourself, well, you know, I'll get serious about God one day when I'm not so busy or when the kids grow up. Or when I'm done partying and having all my fun, when I get old and I'm decrepit and I can't hardly move anymore, I'm I'm not gonna be able to go dancing anyway, I might as well go get saved. No, no, time is short. You don't know when this day is coming. It could be today, it could be tomorrow, it could be 10,000 years, but it's coming and time is short. You need to make that decision today. Today is the day that you need to get yourself right with God. Not tomorrow, today. Time is short. You're the ones that should be living in fear and trembling. Verse 10 says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. On that day, the heavens will pass away with a loud noise. The elements will burn and be dissolved. And the earth and the works on it will be disclosed. On that day, everything unrighteous will be gone. Will that include you? Today's the day to make sure where you are with God. You should be in, you should be cowering in fear. Now I'm not I'm not a big proponent of scaring people into heaven. You know I, I'm not I don't think that fire and brimstone is always appropriate that you should scare people into heaven. But if that's what it takes to get you into heaven, I'm I'm here to scare you to death. If that's what it takes to get your attention, I don't mind putting a little fear of God in you. Today is the day that you need to make that decision. Daniel preached last week about salvation. Today is the day to listen to what Daniel said. Take it into your heart and make it real because today is the last day that you may have to do it. The the day of the Lord is coming, people. And time is short. You need to get it straight. There's going to be no scoffers on that day. In verse 10 it says, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Now that doesn't mean... That Jesus is going to sneak back. He's going to sneak in. He's going to do his work. And he's going to sneak out. And nobody's going to know he was here. Now, there are some people, there are some denominations that preach that. That they, that they take this, this verse and they take it out of context. And they say, oh, Jesus Christ is going to come as a thief in the night. And he's going to come and go and nobody's going to know about it. In fact, he came in 1911. And so the day of the Lord's already come. No. No, that's wrong. What this means is he's going to come when you least expect it. There are people that are trying to define or, or trying to, to determine or, or estimate when the day of the Lord is going to come. You watch the History Channel on just about any Sunday evening, you're going to see a show that's going to tell you about the end times. And they're going to tell you when it's going to happen. You know how you're going to know when the second coming happens? When the second coming happens. When you hear the trumpet, and you see Christ descending from heaven with his angels, and there's a, yeah, you're gonna know. Nobody's gonna sleep through it. Nobody's gonna miss that email. Didn't get the memo. Christ came, I missed it, darn. That's not gonna happen. Everyone on the planet is gonna know that Christ has come, that the day of the Lord is here, that judgment has fallen, because they're gonna have to stand before God ...and they're going to have to stand before... ...and they're going to have to explain themselves... ...what they did with his son Jesus Christ... in the time they were given on this earth... ...we are all going to have to make that... ...plead our case before God... ...so I'm talking to you unsaved this morning... ...today is the day... ...the offer of salvation is still there... ...grace is still free... ...all you have to do is put aside yourself... ...put aside your pride... Put aside whatever is holding you back and take it. Reach out your hand and take it. That's all you have to do. One thing that God demands from you, he demands that you believe in his son. And if you will do that today, the day of the Lord will take care of itself. Do that today. Time is short. So I'm asking you, all of you, you've got no excuses. I told you what the day of the Lord was. I told you the judgment was coming. Which category did you fall into? Think about it. Pray about it. Ask, ask the Holy Spirit right now to, to reveal to you which, which one of these categories are, that you belong to. And then pray about and ask the Holy Spirit what you're going to do about it. Because each and every one of us, from the committed Christian to the unsaved, have a mission. We have something we have to do, we've got something that we must do to be prepared for the day of the Lord. So, my question for all of you now when He comes, when that day comes, how will Christ find you? I'm going to pray. And then we're going to have a song of invitation. I'm going to ask the deacons when I, when I start praying to go into the back. If the Holy Spirit has worked on your heart today, if anything that I have said which I pray, and I'm sure are not my words but God's, if anything that I have said to you today has touched a chord in your life and has convicted you through, that, through the work of the Holy Spirit, That you need to get yourself right with God. And there are things in your life that aren't what they should be. And if Christ was standing here today, you wouldn't be able to explain yourself. If if you're convicted of that, I want you to go find one of these men. Because today, today is the day to get that right. Today is the day to to get yourself in, 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 in with God. Today is the day to accept the free gift that Jesus Christ has already paid for for you today is the day to do that, not tomorrow today, we don't know if tomorrow will ever get here, the day of the Lord may come and if you're not ready woe to you dear Lord and heavenly father this is a difficult message for me to preach this is a difficult thing to have to say to your people but it needed to be said you gave me these words, Lord, because you wanted this congregation to hear these words today. And I ask that you move in the hearts and the minds and the souls of these people and make what, that, what they have heard today real in their lives. I ask, Lord, that you convict those that need to be convicted. I ask, Lord, that you reassure those that need to be reassured. I ask that you get this congregation right with you. Because until we are right with you, we can never be right with the world. We can never save, bring people into your kingdom. We can never be the shining light that you called us to be. So, Lord, I'm asking you, convict these people. Open their hearts and their minds to what you, you have for them to hear. So as the song of invitation is, is sung, I ask you, get up, walk to the back, find one of these men. And they'll lead you either back to Christ or they'll lead you to the Christ that you need to know in the first place. This is the time to do it. This is the day. Because time is short. Where will Jesus find you? I ask these things in your holy and precious name.